It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's time to get saved from the stresses of the world, remote working, and that roommate that was only a bit annoying, but now that you're stuck together day after day, is a bitch from hell. This is Two Save Queens. What's good, Miss Devereaux? Hey, girl. Miss Malachi, how you doing, girl? <laughs> Child, taking it day by day, you know. I'm still hanging in there. Well, girl, I got a story for you, honey. I got a story for you, Oh, yeah. yeah? Another grocery store of story? Of course it's another grocery store story. <laughs> of course. In these quarantine times, what else? Oh, Lord. Yeah, bitch. Well, you know how it be. What happened, boo? And so, I was at the grocery store last week. I went uh-huh. to a grocery store that uh, one in the neighborhood I grew up in, and it's actually sadly it's a grocery store where actually one of the workers passed away from coronavirus. So, oh my, I goodness. know back that in March, no joke. I know. So you you would think it'd be one of the ones where it's like really strict and everything. And um, in Michigan, it's the law that you know in any public place you're really supposed to wear a mask. And so I actually went into the grocery store, got a few items. I I. It was really a supplementary grocery store visit because it's not my main grocery store. Mm-hmm. So I'm paying. I'm I'm almost out of there. And then I see two white men. I think they're together, but I don't know. It was like an older, older man and a middle-aged man. And they come in with no mask, both of them, right? Okay. So it's like as I'm getting ready to walk out of the store. So I, uh, I'm i a snitch hoe. I'm, 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 I'm that type of bitch. <laughs> like... I'm the type of girl, yeah, I'm going to tell, because if you're not following the rules, like... So no one stopped them. No one's like, oh, excuse me. Exactly. This grocery store, they didn't have anyone at the door stopping them. Now, Trader Joe's and Whole Foods, they're not playing about it. But here, they they weren't really paying attention. And so... But they have the sign on the door. So I go up to this white woman who works at the store, and I'm like, hey, do you see those two guys? They don't have on masks. And their backs are to us at that time. And she says, point, she said, point them out to me. Point them out to me. Yes, get them. Mine uses a white woman, too. So <laughs> so she said, point them out to me. And their backs are but to us. But she's a Detroit white woman. You yeah, know Detroit. a little bit, yeah. So I point to them. And she goes to her black manager. And, and she's like, two white guys, no mask. Two white guys, no mask. Two white guys, no mask. She says it real, real loud. She says it real, real loud. And they both, her and the black manager, both go up to them. The older man acquiesces and leaves the store, but the middle-aged man starts giving them issues. And what? Yes. And, like, doesn't want to leave, you know? And he's, like, he's got that Trump face. You know, that inbred-looking, like, oh, Trump, no. like, <laughs> that inbred red face, like... See, I was thinking they might be queens, because you said they kind of seemed like they were together. No, but I thought, thought they were, like, father and for son. Trump. I thought they were, like, father oh, and son. Okay. Or, but oh, they weren't even together. together. I don't even think they were actually together. They just happened to come in at the same time, actually. Oh, So, you know, because, one, the old man went and got in his car and drove off. So, I think they weren't even... Oh! Yeah, I was in the parking lot when I saw him drive off. So... But the other oh. one, I didn't see him come out. And I know he was giving them issues to start. And I mean, I just mm. thought it was so disrespectful given that someone at this grocery store passed away from coronavirus, you know, probably from interacting with the public and, and you know, because it's a dangerous job working at a grocery store. It's a, a frontline worker yes. right now. So, yeah. but yeah. I mean, they, they probably didn't know about that, but still though, like. Well, no, actually they might've known. It was like, it was all over our news locally, like that these oh, particular wow. grocery stores, this was one of four where a uh, grocery store worker died. So, and especially okay. everyone in that community, it's kind of a small community. Like most people would have known that this is a, this is one of the stores. Like they, they had even shortened their hours for a while, like right afterwards. Oh, wow. You know, I think it was common knowledge that one of the grocery store workers there passed away. It's a, And this is a small okay. knit community. So, 
you know. Um, them, then then they then they were being trash. They were Take trash. That. Yeah, they were, they were trash. shit. Okay, and it. then of course I went to another grocery store yesterday. Bitch, I need to stay out these motherfucking grocery stores. Though. Girl, I've been telling you, just do delivery. Like, just I know I've heard they're not great, and sometimes they have like weeks long queues, yes. and sometimes you don't get stuff you want. But at some point, you just okay, you just gotta give it. You can't get that Nutella this week. Like, I'm sorry, let it go. <laughs> yeah, it's so part of the reason. Like, I mean, yeah, you really only get like a lot of times with delivery, it's way out, and you only get like half your order when they come. That's like the problem, mm-hmm. or. In Metro Detroit, it's it's almost like impossible to get deliveries with certain like certain grocery stores. It's just I don't know. And then like the higher end, like the Whole Foods. Yeah, Whole like, Foods is almost yeah. impossible to get delivery in Detroit. And then oh, also wow. on top of that, like even other grocery stores, it's super delayed or it's just not. You just don't get your order. And so part of the reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so yesterday I went out for a quick grocery run. Um, to make sure we didn't, you know, run out of a, a number of things. And this is a smaller store. And then, of course, like, I'm in there. And then, of course, mm-hmm. another white man, another white man. Okay, talk about these Caucasians. These white men are trying to they get trying. you, girl. And a few white women came in without, without masks this time in this store, too. But, of course, this white man came in with no mask on. I was trying to avoid him. And then one of the workers, a white male worker at the grocery store, had his mask down for whatever reason. Right? Mm, and then... Maybe got hot. So maybe he got hot. But, you know, I mean, hot or the Rona. <laughs> Bitch, it's your go choice. to the back. Go to the back. <laughs> so he, he was going in and out of the back, too. So, like... So they start coming toward my aisle when I'm in there looking for my shit, looking for my supplements or whatever... And they start, and I like, I, I abandon my cart and run to the other end of the aisle. I don't want the motherfuckers no, no, close no. to me. Yes. So they start talking. Did you try and snitch on them too? So they, well, one of them works there. I mean, one of them works there. Oh. So, right. but they started talking with no mask on over my cart. And I was like, so pissed. I was so pissed. <laughs> Those groceries are done. Time to get a new car. <laughs> I know. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I actually, I actually have a little alcohol spray bottle I, that I was on me and I actually sprayed, sprayed the shit down like right in the store too. Oh, wow. So I know I do the most, but I mean, I was pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this is also like a health food grocery store. This is so crazy. Cause I don't. Anyway, girl, I'm done. But I mean, did you see that? Did you see that story? Uh, that story going around that went viral about that Gelson's that why, in Dana Point. So this is like Southern California. Um, how she they, she was trying to go in the grocery store and the person didn't let her in. Or like there it was some they had someone by the door because yes. Gelson's is that kind of tea. And they um and she basically was just like you know he was he gave her the option. He's like I'm sorry you don't have a mask. Like we can do shopping for you. And she's like no no no. You want me to give you my private information? She's like I want to speak to a manager. He goes to get the manager and she's the manager's like yeah girl it's right on the sign like we're still not gonna let you in and she's like what about my rights what about this what about that he's like um he said i'm not gonna <laughs> sit that? here and argue with you he said i'm not about to right. argue with you and so she made a stink and then she went back to the guy who was and of course the- she was recording like she was trying to do that yeah. viral moment and it's like bitch first of all i think sometimes people forget because they always want to do freedom of speech and censorship and i'm like these are still businesses like girl go try and th- i mean tell you i think you couldn't find one but go try and find a grocery store where you don't have to wear a mask like 
it's a private business. They could kick you out for any, for any reason. reason. They kick you out. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's just always bossed me out. And then on top um, of that, oh my! But the guy at the in that video, that video is on Twitter. I think complex the complex post. Yeah, yeah, it was a one complex of the videos. Movie, yeah. And that, oh my gosh, the one on the he had he was danced like they they were playing some Michael Jackson music in the background. And you see, he oh, was sanitized yeah. at the end. He was sanitizing cards. I did, and he was doing a, doing a little twirl rest. and dancing. I think, it, I think the, I think it might be a queen. I don't know, but she was smiling. So. She was smiling. That queen was smiling <laughs> in her face, and like, and she was like, "Why are you so happy?" And he was like, "Well, I'm just happy to have a job. I'm usually a bartender, so right? I'm happy That's to how be you know here." It was a queen. And yes, it, I love and, that. He's like, you out here trying to cause trouble. Like, bitch, there are people with no jobs, living on the street, homeless. Like, what are you talking about? Like. Yeah, <laughs> that, that girl. She she. But I, you know what? I think I read up on her. She's a flat Earth girl too. She promotes oh. flat Earth conspiracy theories. She's that type of girl. Anti vaxxer type I of mean, girl. Like all of that bullshit. This she's this all is the game. moment for the conspiracy girls on both sides. So, yeah. Wow. So she's that, and she says she um, she said she lied and told them she had a health condition, and they can't ask what it was because of HIPAA. She was doing right. the most. I, she was doing the, the most. most. But you know the what? Most. If I ever were to work in a customer service capacity, I would love to go toe to toe with the white bitch like that. <laughs> I, I that is like okay. Because what? Here, let's. So what would you have said? You'd be like, here, I'm gonna be. Oh, that's shady. I'm gonna be Katie. <laughs> so, <laughs> hi. Um, I'm here to go do some grocery shopping. Um, but I don't want to wear a mask. You don't have a health condition, and it just doesn't feel comfortable to me. Um. So, and I don't want to give you my personal information on my credit card. So, can you please move out of the way? Thank you. Oh Free. no. Oh, you know what? No, I'm sorry, ma'am. You know what you can do if you don't want to give us any information. You can actually order your groceries online because we we don't do that here. No, no, no. It's my right. I don't want to order groceries online. I am a person. I'm an American. I want to go to a store and pick things up with my own God-given hands. Oh well, bitch. I'm an American too, and this African American is telling you that your bitch ass can't come in the store. So <laughs> I need to you... speak to a manager right now. How dare you speak to me like oh, that? Oh fuck you and fuck the manager. <laughs> He's gonna tell you the same thing that I just told you, bitch. You can't come in here, and you know what? It's above me. It's the law, ho. It's the company policy too. Look at the look at the sign, <sighs> bitch. You can't come in here. You either put a mask on or send your, you know, go back to your car and. Get the fuck out of here, though. I yeah. Mean, you can't yeah. get into arguments with those kind of conspiracy girls. It's a waste of time. Yeah, that's them. true. Yeah. You got to really tell them. I mean, and, and you know, I mean, I'm that type of girl. That's, I guess that's why I've never really had a customer service job. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure that would have worked out well. I'm not sure you would have <laughs> still been dancing like homeboy after that. Yeah. Um, I admire that queen, though. She she did that pretty She kept well. her cool. She kept her cool. I'm proud of her. I am, too. I am, too. Girl, so what's what's the news, T? What's going on with the news today? Yeah, so we got some takes, honey. Um, we can go into speaking of conspiracies. Our, I mean, partly that girl probably getting her life because um, good old Miss DJT. Oh Lord, was doing a press conference where she was meeting with I think it was the restaurant union or like or one of the like maybe restaurant unions. owner or was it restaurant, restaurant owners, trade group maybe. yeah yeah restaurant something trade like group. that yeah. and I don't even know if it was prompted but she was just like yeah you know actually I've been taking hydroxychloroquine um, did I get it right hydroxychloroquine hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, yeah, hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, he's like, I've been taking it. He's like, you know, I heard it's good for you. Like, also, a lot of, like, hospital workers are taking it. Like, you know, I checked out with, I checked with the White House doctor. Like, um, yeah, they they, they think it's really good. And, like, yeah, I've been taking it. 
Yeah, I mean, but do you really believe him, though? Do you really think he's taking it? I don't think she knows what she's taking. Yeah, I mean, I I posted a meme. It was saying, you know, they're probably giving that nigga Tic Tacs and making him think it's by (laughs) Jesse Corquin. Like, he ain't, I mean, I don't think he knows what the fuck he's taking. And I'm not convinced that a doctor gave it to him, but. He doesn't doesn't remember the things he says. He doesn't remember. So I bet you, I bet you they are giving him something. And I bet you it's just like some zinc and some elderberry shit and then he's like oh is this hydroxy and they're like oh yeah uh-huh uh-huh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but see and so what would it you know and, and then miss nancy pelosi she came out she was on anderson cooper last night and she was saying well i don't know if it's a good idea for him to take it you know with his age group and with him being morbidly obese and she said it was Ooh. such a straight face such like she, a straight face. She did. She was not trying to. I mean, she she made it seem like she was serious as a heart attack. And you know what? That she was serious as a heart attack about that nigga having a heart attack. Like <laughs> that's what she was trying to say. I mean, but of course now all the conservatives all of a sudden they've turned to fat activists. I'm like, where were y'all when Lizzo was getting attacked? You know, they're all like, oh, well, I'm not sure Stacey Abrams now can be vice president. We're worried about people being morbidly obese. Like if y'all girls don't fucking go somewhere with that, like. Yeah. Oh, I've they seen just Miss Ben uh, Shapiro is on there. He was saying that actually that uh now Trump has license to go after Nancy Pelosi's Botox since she like, came after his oh, way. Because he hasn't uh, addressed it. He hasn't said anything about her yet though. Not yet. Hasn't, yeah, I'm sure he will. I, I mean, we're recording. We're recording on the two on Tuesday the 19th and but he will though. He probably but I, will. But I think the thing it was interesting to see him address was for him to come at Miss Fox News which just oh, just shows how that that Miss Fox News is just such a like it's literally just propaganda. Like, cause basically he got caught out by one of the correspondents, Mr. Um, Neil yes. Cabuto, who in real time, who in was real going time, going in, who's basically like, in. do not take this, like, do not do this, like, I don't know what he's talking about, and like, literally was like, oh, I miss Roger Ailes, and you have more anti-Trump people. Like, I'm looking for a new outlet. Like, girl, you lying. You're not going yeah, nowhere. You ain't going you nowhere, yourself Fox News. Exactly. Um, There's no other it, cable news network that is, you know, about that life, really. That's even going to speak near half as highly as Fox does of you. Exactly. Um, and one anchor said, you know, <laughs> that basically, like, you know, he made this point that a number of studies have shown that, because, I mean, in some ways, he was basically trying to be like, I'm trying to help you all out. Like, there's been studies, there's been information out there that vulnerable populations should not be taking this, like, especially veterans. Um, this is, you know, this is a risky thing. To, I mean, it can, it. Ca- it can cause heart problems, it can cause, cause vision problems, you know, and some people, and also part of the problem is with people trying to self-medicate with this or use it prof- like as a prophylactic is that people actually take this drug for lupus, for malaria, for other things. And it, the supply has been running out. So people with lupus haven't been able to get, oh, you know, goodness. this who use it for lupus, who've actually been prescribed it, and the doctors actually approved them, approved the drug for them, you know, they're not even able to get it when they need it because of Trump promoting this drug like it's some kind of wonder cure for <laughs> coronavirus. So. And then, of course, that's the people who actually have the intelligence enough to know to take it in its right form. We had talked about on other shows, you know, some of these girls might just try and find some more fish tank cleaner. Exactly. I'm like, you know what? If that's so be it, like, take it, girl. Yeah, take take it, girl. You know what? Let that, let Miss DJT, let her take, I want her to take as much of it as she wants to take, actually. I wish, girl. You know. That girl, she got the armor of the devil. Like, I swear, like, 
are just all those people around her still not catching it. She's taking random ass medicines. Do you remember from way back in the day? Did you ever watch the Montel Williams show when you were home from school? Were you ever that type of girl, or is that just uh, me? Oh, Montel, yeah. I mean, I was a Ricky Lake and Montel. Oh, and yeah, Je- yeah. did you do Jenny Jones too? You was a Jenny Jones. I girl? did do Jenny. She's a little yeah. bit before me. Like I was more like Ricky era. Like I was right at okay. the Ricky era, especially because she was on. I think Ricky was on WB, and there was a lot of WB shows that I wanted to watch, like all that Xena and Hercules. I think come came on after the daytime talk shows. The reason I asked you that there was this there was a psychic that used to be on Montel. Williams all the time. Sylvia Brown. Do you remember her? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't you don't remember Miss Sylvia Brown? That was my girl. No. <laughs> anyway, she died in 2013, but it's so funny. In her book, End of Days, one of the things that she... And she's on and off with her accuracy. <laughs> in her book, End of Days. Uh-huh. And she's on and off with her accuracy. She predicted okay. some things that did not come true. But she did say <laughs> that there would be a respiratory virus in 2020 that, that basically became a pandemic. It was in her... Um, in her book, End of Days, that she wrote was one of the last books that she wrote before she passed wow. away. I think she wrote mm-hmm. it in 2008. And mm-hmm. it's so funny, though, because, I mean, that prediction was on point. And she said sometime between when she wrote that book in 2008 and 2020, a president was going to die of a heart attack while in office. And so it's so funny because this seems like a perfect setup for that, right? But it can't be Miss DJT. I mean, his doctors say he's in very good health. They released a letter that didn't specify that they were giving him this drug, by the way. But they said um, it is potentially an option, but he's in good health. Um, I mean, this is 2020, so I don't know who else it could be. But let's just... I mean, we still got time. We still got time, (laughs) girl. I mean, she's right about... Miss Sylvia Brown was right some of the time. She got the pandemic right, so (laughs) who knows? And now that this girl is taking um, hydroxychloroquine when she doesn't have any of the conditions that it's prescribed for, you know, it's, it seems like a little bit of a risk. But, you know, let God do what God will do. Uh, you know? so, let her figure that out. Exactly. Um, so, so going on to our next story, our good... Ju- no, I mean, I mean, I mean, I even tell that lie. Our... Our favorite uh, moderate Republican, Ms. Megan McCain, um, has some things to say off the back of Obama's commencement speech to the young high schoolers. Did you watch that? Did you listen to that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm a View girl. I try to watch the View. Oh, I was even asking about the mm-hmm. Obama speech. Did you? Because I thought I um because oh I, yeah, I watched the Obama speech. Yeah, I definitely watched. Yeah, that. it was good. It was. It, it was. was. Sweet. It was sweet. I think I still like the HBCU one a bit more because I'm you know Black Power, but um, no, it was cute. It was cute. It uh, was cute. It was cute. And you know And what? you were right. And you were right. Miss DJT did freak out a little bit about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> not so much on... T- well, she did. She didn't come at directly about the speech, but she, she called she called Obama, what, an incompetent president at, a, at you know, one of the press <laughs> press uh, junkets that on the, on the lawn. And then also on Twitter, you know, went back like, to the Obama it's game like conspiracy pure, stuff. It's like pure. I know you. Are. It's like I know you are. It's like I know I am. But what are you like? Complete like you know. Great like uh, what's that called? Like um, playground. Projection. Like yeah. like oh yeah, you're incompetent. You're corrupt. Like and then he's like oh yes, you know Lindsey Graham, uh, McConnell. Y'all really need to need to investigate this. You know ho- Russian hoax that about. Oh, we can't get into it. Let me focus. <laughs> But she's she's been off the rocker. But of course, you know, we got Megan McCain, who is both I sometimes her biggest critic and also her biggest fan. And her biggest uh, fan sometimes. Because she yeah. went on to say that um she, you know, 
went on to say that she didn't have a lot to say about it. But one thing she feels is that, oh, we, you know, we're known for making Obama into nothing short of a saint. And that she feels that the cultural war is real and rages this country. But I believe it was ushered in um, under Obama and then was exacerbated by the Trump administration. And I just couldn't help thinking, like, bitch, your ancestors started the culture war when you came to this country, murdered its native people, and then enslaved ours and brought us here. Like, and she's what? literally descended from, from slave owners. What? Like, on John McCain's side of the family, they owned a plantation. Like, she is descended from slave like, owners. Like, it's just so... crazy that, like, you're like, what? The culture war? Like, how about culture war where, where you enslave people and kill people? That's culture war that I'm thinking about. Like, what are you talking about? But the white conservative girls, they always say this. They always say, oh, Barack Obama divided us. He divided us. Every time he tried to mention anything about race. So one of the things, remember when at the beginning of his first term with Henry Louis Gates, the white police officer, you know, arrested Henry Gates yes. for trying to get into his own house and... Obama said, oh, he thought the white police officer acted stupidly. And, of mm. course, and the, the white people and the conservatives were up in arms. Oh, my gosh. How dare, she's, how how dare, dare you? you? And then they had the, that fake... <laughs> they had that fake beer summit. Remember they oh, had that? Oh, my God. I oh, hated... Oh, that moment too. really hurt me. That was like that was my first moment where I was like, oh, I think... I think he's not going to be able to do a lot for us, is he? Yeah, that that was one of those uh, moments for me because he had to invite the white police officer I, and Henry Louis Gates to the White House and pretend like the white police officer had some kind of like legitimate, you know, girl. That's place not why we're not president because we've been like, fuck you, cracker, fuck you, yeah, <laughs> How dare you arrest fuck the popo, Professor fuck Louis you, Gates. Henry Louis Gates, you know, oh, anyway, all of that, like. Um, and, and then also, and then another thing, and when the, when Levant, I mean, when uh, President Obama said, when Trayvon Martin was killed, President Obama said, you know, if I had a son, he would look like Trayvon Martin. And then the white people were up in arms oh, then. They said, how dare he say how that if he had a black you? son, he would look like a Ex- black teenager. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm like, fuck those girls. Like, I, and so, bitches but like Megan McCain. But you watched The View. I mean, you kind of missed But not for her, though. Okay. Not for her. No, no, I mean, no, yeah, but, I mean, you're still able to stomach it. Like, what is... How do you do it? <laughs> you know, I stomach it by remembering, I mean, because, I mean, Whoopi's been really getting with this girl recently. Like, yeah. she, she will cut this bitch off and go to commercial. Like, she, <laughs> yes, she will. She did it the I've other day. I've seen a couple of times like that. But, yeah, did she do it for this statement I don't, when she said that? I don't remember if she did it on this episode, but she did it sometime recently when I was watching where mm. she cut her off and said, okay, we got to go. And she does it frequently now. She And then she came back. Whoopi, in the same episode where Meghan McCain said this, Whoopi came back and basically said, bitch, don't both sides these men. Don't try to both sides this. Like when you said Obama did the culture war and so did Trump. Like, don't, that's, we're not doing that here because she was, Whoopi reminded the audience and reminded the panel on The View that basically Trump has been coming for Obama's citizenship, coming for him for five plus years, calling him not an American citizen. And so it will be also at the very end of that or very end of that segment. She said, you know, and the only people only reason people really hated Obama is because he was black. She said that verbatim and that shut that white bitch up because she Mm -hmm. couldn't even, you know, she couldn't even respond to it. Like and um, remember, it was actually wasn't it? Megan McCain's dad, who asked for President Obama to speak at at his funeral, just because he thought Obama a was a unity figure, huh? 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 And then okay. here's your daughter, and I remember how people were. This was way. I think this is before she was on the View, where people were just like, "Oh no, Megan McCain, she is the future of the Republican Party. She likes the gays. She kind of likes the blacks. Like she's gonna be that person. She's gonna be the right Hillary." And I'm just like. 
No. Like, and I bet you she will run at some point. Like, you think, yeah. what do you think? I don't, I'm not so sure, but I know complicit. Really? You don't complicit, think so? I, you know, because I, I don't think, even I would think anyone from the, no, I. <laughs> I don't even think about, I try not to even think about her, oh, but one thing. I, I, I think in, about her a lot because I feel like the gays, like she's, oh, I don't, there was this whole thing earlier, maybe this year, I think, where some drag queens went on there. And then there was this whole thing about like, oh, is she a gay ally? Can she still be a gay ally if she says, and I'm like, no, she's not fucking gay either, but whatever, you queens. Um, because she she was one of the first Republican girls to come out for yeah. no but did you hate see that, and did for Did you see that marriage. episode when a couple of the drag race girls went on there? And there was a black girl who went on there and she was trying to kind of defend it. I was like... I guess, girl, but... A lot of complicit queens, though, do stand for Meghan McCain. Like, Andy Cohen always has her on Watch What Happens Live. Mm. I mean, and he acts like they're just... Meghan McCain is so great, and that's his friend. Mm. I mean, I'm not that type of queen, though. And you you aren't that type of queen, either. So, we're just a different breed. I mean... A different breed. Yeah. We Mm. are. We're not those type of girls. Now, this next story, this is one of yours. Um, What you got for us? Yeah, so this is really interesting. Over in the United Kingdom, Prince Charles, who actually has recovered from the coronavirus. um, Now, was Prince Charles, was he the one who was with all that Epstein? No, no, that was Prince Andrew. That was Queen Elizabeth's third child and second son so that's got it no prince charles is the heir to the the throne right he's the father of right right prince william um also an heir to the throne third in line to the throne and then prince harry um and so and also was formerly married to diana to princess diana right prince charles really the the heir to the throne like if the queen dies this is prince charles prince charles is going to be the next king but she he, doesn't look like he would even be there that long. Like he looks like he almost on his way out body. Yeah, anyway. yeah. <laughs> yeah, notice his mom is hanging on. She's hanging on. No, but on I feel like she looks better than him some days. She does. Like, yo, that's a sprightly old queen. <laughs> yeah, well, Prince Charles, he wants furloughed workers in the UK to pick fruits and vegetables to stave off any kind of agricultural crisis there, especially with uh, a lot of the agricultural workers being kind of uh, unavailable or sick with coronavirus and he thinks it's kind of like in the UK it's people's patriotic duty to join the agriculture sector and begin picking fruits and vegetables and I just thought that was really interesting as like a form of you know requesting like a civic service like wartime civic service you know like when all the women went to work in the factories when the men were off at war so (laughs) what do you think about that Miss Malachi? I I was cracking at reading this story I think it was just because it, it's a CNN story, um, you may have said. And I think it's just, it's got this video of him in front of this this farm. And it's just like, you know, these fucking royals aren't doing none of this shit. Like, I'm a, like, I felt, a part of me felt like, could you at least pretend like you would, yeah. if, you, if needed, you would do something like, or like, where's, um, where's, what's his face? Where's, um not Harry, where's William? Like, where's somebody to at least pretend that like, we're not just so above you and so out of touch, but I'm still going to tell you that we need somebody to do this unglamorous task. And I think there's also just a part of me that, like, remembers that, hey, y'all, remember Brexit? Like, remember this thing that you voted for to get rid of all the migrant workers and all mm. to have stronger borders? Yes. They feel like even with all these economic stimulus, be going into recession. Um, this felt like a good time to leave the European Union, right? Right. Wow. I bet you they're regretting that now, but it's interesting. They're, they're I, I probably will not. Say... They're probably not. The same way the girls still don't regret Trump. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they may not be regretting it just yet, but I. But one thing to Prince Charles credit, he, he is an environmentalist. He has his special projects. He's more progressive. I, 
I think he's going to take the monarchy actually in a more progressive direction when the queen passes away, even if he's not in, even if he's not the monarch that long, because he, he's pretty advanced in age himself. But I see how old is he? Seventy one. I mean, in some ways, he's as old. I mean, how much? I keep forgetting. You had already told me how old good old Joe is. Um, Joe Biden. So, I think so. He's oh, so Joe, Joe's yeah, he's seventy. So he's six years younger than Joe. So oh, he's fine, girl. You know, certain white men live a long time. They yeah, might look true. a little wear and tear because um, they don't wear sunscreen, but they do live a long time. They do less hardship, less hardship, right? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it's funny because he. Um, I just think, yeah, I think he's actually going to take the monarchy in a more progressive direction. I would actually give mm. him a little bit of the benefit of a doubt. You know, he actually was the main one who told the queen to basically get rid of the the brother, like the brother who's caught up with Epstein to kind of get rid of his mm. royal titles and his royal duties. He was actually spearheading that, you know. Yes. All yeah. Right and so he's really and even with Harry and Meghan, he was one of the most understanding when they wanted to separate from I the mean, royal family. He did have to deal with all that Diana. And, yeah. Know. So he actually I think he would huh. take the monarchy in a new uh and really in a new direction. I, and also kind of going in that same vein, Harry and Meghan, it's their second anniversary of their wedding oh. on that day of black excellence on March or May nineteenth, twenty eighteen. I just thought our we might American wanna... princess, our, our Black American princess girl, our Black, black capital B Black, Black. So yeah, <laughs> and they are now, you know, residing in the Los Angeles area in <laughs> at Tyler, Tyler Perry at Tyler Perry's <laughs> home. She basically she got she did she got that man to leave his whole lifestyle and family and everything and move where she to her hometown where she came from. And they're about to be, you know, once coronavirus is over, they're probably going to be doing all these entertainment projects and mm. kind of like, kind of like go an Obama-esque route oh, to, yeah. to speaking and making money. And I could definitely see a cute Netflix show for them. Yeah, um. I could too. You know, writing books. They're going to make boatloads of money. And she basically got everything she wants. She got the royal wedding. She got the husband. She got the baby. What more? She's living like, in LA, she, close she to her mom. She did that. Like, that's she real that. goals. That's real goal. Yeah. Like, if I could get, I mean, I've, I've been telling you, I would love to find a good man with a title. Like, I would, ugh, it would be so wonderful. Get on that Kanye workout plan, ho. I mean, Bitch, that's, how do you know I'm not? Well, first of <laughs> all. Yeah, I'm. we both, yeah, we both, I mean, we're both, we, I'm you know. Trying. I still have a trainer. I actually, I my trainer just wrote to me yesterday. He's like, "Hey, I haven't seen you do one of your workouts in like two weeks." And I was like, "Oh, you're right. You're right. I really was slacking." But yeah, a part of me, the issue is that I'm because quarantine keeps feeling like it's never ending. I'm like, "Well, damn, bitch. I mean, I got like another three or four months before." going anywhere <laughs> so i was like bitch i'll just i'll get to this in the summer or the fall or the yeah. winter or next spring or next spring <laughs> no, no no but you gotta start now summer summer next summer's already here right <laughs> so get right. yourself spend these next six to nine months getting ready for uh whenever we get a break uh in quarantine before the next world war that trump will put us <laughs> in um when he gets reelected. Um, but do you, I have a question before we move on from this though. Do you think that Harry could ever get it? Like, wouldn't that be crazy? I mean, I know he's what fourth from the throne, but bitch, you never know. I mean, back in, um, war times, was it Prince Edward? Um, was it Prince Edward? Whoever that, whoever was in the King's speech, how he ended up getting it. Yeah. Um, that was, uh, because his brother abdicated. Yeah. But his brother also didn't have any children. Prince Albert, Prince Albert. 
his brother didn't have any children, and the children oh, right. are the next heir. To, you know, so that's how oh. Queen Elizabeth's dad oh. became. Oh, so that's why he really will never get it. Exactly, yeah. because now right. that Prince William has three children, like that oh, puts yeah, Harry further and further away from inheriting the throne. Which again is has given him the freedom to just go follow his beautiful black queen, um, or princess, sorry, uh, back to LA to go live his life away from the fact that he I've always felt like Harry was a bit of that odd apple. He never really yeah. liked that family as much. Yeah, I, I get that. I think he I think he was closer to his mom and he might blame you know, mm. I think he might have a little bit of resentment towards, you know, I don't know. I I could be wrong, but I think he might have some resentment towards his dad in particular. Mm. So, yeah, and I've read as much. I also heard that the relationship between William and his dad, Prince Charles, is a little frosty. Um, Interesting. That Prince Charles has a very jealous personality, and all the attention that William gets and William and Kate get, that Prince Charles is actually jealous of that. But how are you going to be jealous? Also, it's like, how can you be jealous of your... I mean... We're not going to get oh, a messy family. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, know, I know some. I know some moms who are jealous of their daughters. Girl, yes. That is or moms not that who are uncommon. Je- moms who are jealous of their sons. <laughs> you know. I mean, I'm sure like Yeah, I'm sure that could happen too. Probably it's usually along the same gender line. No, it's, no, it's usually... Yeah, it's usually... Yeah, fathers you know, mom, jealous of yeah. sons. Moms yeah. jealous of daughters. I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. So, no, I, no, it no, happens. No. Yeah. And, I, and a lot of people in the UK kind of... They want the monarchy to skip from Queen Elizabeth to Prince William and just skip over Prince Charles just because they were so in love with Diana and the way that that worked out and Prince Charles cheating on her and marrying the mistress. You know, a lot of people in the UK still have a lot of resentment to Prince Charles over that. So, um, and the queen is in there hanging and she's hanging on. It's almost like she's waiting to outlive her son. People say so that her grandson can take the reins. So, Girl, where you be reading that? <laughs> I mean, I read a lot about that. I, I you You're know, like, I love, are I you... love room royalty tea. I, I, I gotta admit, that's a little bit with of a, a. So we're gonna start our next segment soon. But now, I, God, I keep, I keep, oh, I just love talking. Um, to you, but so with Miss New York down the drain. Sorry, oh, that's awful. I oh, say that. girl, uh, you're but not right. with Miss New York going through things. Do you think London could be the city for you? Because I, I knew New York was one of your favorite cities. And I know you've yeah. been coming around on L.A., but Miss L.A., she's a different beast. But I think L.A.'s not New York. Or, like, I think in terms of cities that are most similar to New York, London is more similar. Yeah, London LA. is more similar to New York. And I def, I w- I went, I've been to London three times in the last two years. Yeah, like, you used to this thing where, like, you go to... I feel like you were going... I have a job that gets me to london sometimes but you were getting there almost as much as me yeah well i had my brother was working over there for a little bit so i went to visit him and um i don't know i love london i really do i could i see myself living there i could see myself having a second home there or living there for a certain period of time Um, okay but i feel like i'm an american girl like i okay I'm Especially right now, everything American going girl. on. Yeah, <laughs> I I am like I'm a loudmouth, ignorant American girl. So I can't. I can only London would be a, have to be a second home for me. I'm still a. I still would probably primarily reside here in the U.S. Yeah. for sure. Well, speaking of ignorance and problematic girls, um, I think that can lead us into our enlightened Judy's discussion for the day. Um, we're going to be talking about our faves, specifically our problematic. Faves. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> Girl. Okay. Oh, no. So, uh, we about to reveal ourselves, honey. I know. And I'm still nervous. I'm still not sure I'm ready to put this on record. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try and be brave. Be strong. 
Be strong. Who wants to go first? Like, um, oh, I should go first because I yeah, feel like you ready. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm ready. I'm ready. So, Miss Devereaux, yes. Who is your problematic fave? Okay, so backstory. So I, because I got, <laughs> I can't just say the name because girls will come for me, bitch. No. So, so when I was a kid. And I would spend summers at my cousin's house on the east side of Detroit, and we'd be listening to, we'd be watching music videos on the box and on VH1 and on um, MTV. Remember mm-hmm. the box where you could actually call and request the videos? You, you, y'all mm-hmm. girls remember that? Or y'all, y'all, I'm too old. I mean, so, some of y'all girls some are too girls. young for some that. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, we would have the boom box on the porch, and we'd be dancing and singing, and my the love of my life back then whose songs i used to just love i didn't even know what the lyrics were talking about this is i'm talking 92 93 you know i'm a little boy i loved some robert kelly r kelly Mm. oh my god Mm. i loved him like i don't think people understand like i bitch i would have (laughs) been i would have been one of those if i was if i was fish i would have been one of those little girls chasing up after him i'm that type of i loved (laughs) him I loved him. I love me some him. Uh, <laughs> bitch, I would have gotten he could, caught up. He could, he could pee on me again. <laughs> I would have been like Ezreal, caught up, tied up in some uh, dungeon somewhere, oh, bitch. And oh, still I happy saying like, eh, there ain't nothing wrong with this. When, uh, I was, when I was younger, I loved that man. Like, I, he might have honestly been my first crush. Like, wow, in those songs used to just speak big. to me when I was a kid. I didn't even know what I was singing, but I used to sing... Uh, seems like you're ready with perfect pitch you know when i was like nine years old i used to sing it you know even for family members they used to <laughs> they used to say brandon sing 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 like you're sing sing uh seems like you're ready um <laughs> and it was just like you know it was just it was just and then uh honey love uh you remind me of my jeep all those songs they were my favorite i just used to love them and then i had that was really like an elementary school and then i had mm-hmm. another period of time during high school where i was listening to you know tp2 the the uh, album tp2.com every day when i drove to and from school like one of my favorite albums from all of the early 2000s um and it was just it was just a you know so he was someone that i really had to grasp and deal with you know the fact that this man is a sexual predator like to divorce mm. myself from you know, my love of him because literally I, I think I, I just, I, he was my favorite male artist, you know, wow. Mariah Carey is my favorite female artist along, along with Mary J. Blige, both of them. And then, but R. Kelly was hands down my favorite male artist. And I just, um, as a kid, as a teenager, and so just grasping with the fact that he is a predator, like it didn't really, you know, register with me until, um, even during the Aaliyah time, cause like I, we're younger than Aaliyah, like, you know, when she was, when the, all of that, all those rumors were going down, I was like, I was younger than her at the time. I didn't really understand it. And I think even well into my teenage years, I didn't really fully, I never watched the tape. Um, the, you know, the, the tape that in his, you know, in 2001, 2002-ish, he was charged, uh, with, you know, uh, with child pornography, actually, and uh-huh. urinating on a young woman. Um, it's, that's part of the, that's in the video, supposedly, which I still have never watched to this day. Mm. And, um, but the trial didn't take place until 2008. So his lawyers were able to get the trial delayed for some seven odd years. 
And um, and then finally, the trial took place, and oddly enough, in his hometown of Chicago, where he was a king, like really in Detroit and Chicago, both, like I would say just in the Midwest, probably nationally, but really in the Midwest, like R. Kelly was definitely the king of R&B through the 90s. And um, and he was all, he was played on our radio all the time. So I was just constantly exposed to his music. My older cousins, that was their favorite artist, they exposed me to him. And, and I mean, uh, I think even beyond that, like I'm thinking about how he was on Lady Gaga. Like they did a song. I think she even calls. Like I feel like R. Kelly's always kind of had that place. And only recently that people kind of be had to become more critical of him because of the documentaries and things like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Even like, yeah, she did that "Do What You Want" song in twenty on her yeah, twenty thirteen album. She still gets she still gets for that because it was this thing of like, here you are saying you yourself are an uh, uh, sexual assault, assault survivor, sexual assault survivor, yeah. and you then. And she she never she does never come up with I mean we're not really talking about Gaga right now but she never came up with a great I mean because partly the thing was that she never came up with a great she finished my sentence she never came up with a great explanation for why she did that but I think the thing is that like with most kind of insular closed businesses like the music industry like the film TV industry like the same thing with like Weinstein being known about for years but when those people have been there for so long it just becomes this thing of like just word of mouth of like oh hey you know i still rep r kelly but behind the scenes yo don't leave him alone with my daughter like that kind of thing felt like that's what happened with r kelly and even more so because he was this like in the black community was kind of even more insulated and protected in ways Um, right and you got to think he's also he was not just an artist who was one of the top selling male artists of all time really but also a you know, a writer and producer. He wrote You Are Not Alone for Michael Jackson. Mm. He wrote Aaliyah's whole first album and produced it. You know, he just has a lot. And then, obviously, uh, the song that kind of made him a crossover superstar was um, oh, from Batman. What was the name of the song? Why am I blanking? Um, oh, no, it's from Space Jam. It's from Space Jam. Oh. I believe I can fly. I believe I can fly. Oh, oh. Well, you were messing me up because you were saying the Batman. I was like, yeah. I mean, yeah. but he did do He, he did, did do, do the Godfrey City song from But yeah, yeah, I believe I can fly, which actually weirdly enough was not. I used to really like the more sexual songs when I was a little kid. Like I didn't, I was singing the most inappropriate lyrics, you know, and even it's so crazy because I think R. Kelly was telling us about himself in real time. Like the song mm. 12 Play, right? For instance, 12 Play. Give me a little... Like, what does that mean? Like, what does that even mean, 12 play? Like, I'm just like, is he talking about a 12-year-old? Like, looking back at it now in a reflective lens, like, I think all his songs were just so overly sexualized. Everything was about sex. I think he was telling us that he was a predator in real time and no one was paying attention. And also with Mm. the 90s when, you know... I feel like everyone got away with everything in the 90s. Even OJ got away with stuff in the 90s. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it was just a different time. But And I was so young in the 90s. I really didn't know what was going on. But I but And I think even to, with R. Kelly, he got found not guilty in that trial. So that lended him some credibility all over again to get back in the music industry, you know? But I think I still think there are some people who just never completely let it go. Like, I still remember that Boone. The Boone episode for me was an episode where I really remember, like him call them calling because like yeah aaron magruder yes um who did the boondocks like just i think that episode is just such a great episode just to speak to like blackness black americanness where it's like this feeling of both you know wanting to protect our black figures yeah uh, i mean you talked to that about a couple episodes ago about like cosby and things like both wanting to protect our black figures and 
because you know we are always used to them especially people of celebrity being overly critiqued overly attacked i mean look at miss megan mccain coming out against obama versus trump girl what so when you have to constantly deal with that for like the black president like imagine when you're like any celebrity like the way people come at beyonce and think that taylor swift is anywhere near her like the way they just constantly downplay the achievements of true black excellence that already have to go above and beyond such systematic oppression and systematic work to do well we are just super hyper aware of of you know making sure that we protect ourselves and protect our figures and sometimes i think it's to our detriment because we're not doing that internalized work to say but should we be because he was harming black and brown young he was harming black and brown Mm -hmm. girls you know he was harming within our own community so you know yeah that was definitely to our detriment that we covered him for so long and gave him so much leeway and so it wasn't until like you know really now deep into my adulthood you know and even prior to that documentary surviving r kelly um which is produced by someone who i actually know you know who's one of my neighbors believe it or not so yeah and um but yeah that that was really that documentary was so eye-opening to me because stuff that had always been more like rumors and innu- that I thought was more like rumors and innuendo was confirmed for that documentary. And that documentary led to charges for him. Finally, I feel like his victims are getting justice. Finally, I can feel like, okay, this man is really a terrible person. Like, I don't want to support his music anymore. I don't want to, you know, I don't really, I mean, it's hard to erase that part of my life, my childhood, because his, his, basically his music is kind of, the you know the storyboard to my childhood and soundtrack to to your life the soundtrack to my life in a way i didn't want to use that trite phrase but yeah i mean (laughs) in my youth it it was it was it was and it's hard it's hard to lose i mean just i i'm a cosby show girl too so like losing him too it's even though i actually do still watch it's it's hard who you got left bitch i mean you got mary uh i got mary mary's gonna be fine mariah's gonna be mariah Mariah. had to come back yeah, she you know, sure Mariah's did. been doing pretty good. So, but yeah, in terms of like the black male figures, though, who you got? Yeah. Left, sis? I got Obama, though. I got Obama. Yeah. Right? Ooh, That's let's low. just pray. I mean, yeah, he never yeah. shit on my show. He never, he yeah. We got him. Ooh, we. Ooh, I don't think we're going to oh, lose. Yeah. We're not going to lose him. We ooh, got him. Oh, yes. We got him. Hold him yeah. tight. Hold him tight. Yeah. Mm. So, who's your problematic figure, Miss Um. <laughs> Ooh, who girl? Um, Ooh. So mine also starts with an R. Uh-oh. It's Miss RuPaul Andre oh. Charles. Oh, um, so and she's still um, with us. She's still with us in popular <laughs> culture. She is still with us, but she's definitely taken a couple dink things over the year, okay. uh, in recent years especially. Um, I mean, RuPaul is. So, yeah, since you started with the history, I think I'll start there, too. So, for me, I got introduced by RuPaul by a good friend of mine who actually, like, I always kind of heard about RuPaul, especially as someone, like, you know, looking, you know, I grew up in um, Philly, so not too far from New York, um, where Ru, originally she's from Atlanta, pretty sure, but, and then moved to New York, and that's really where she made it big. So, obviously, knowing about, like, a beautiful black gay drag queen was something i had known about you know i was someone who was always kind of keyed in looking for 
um, black gay um, role models and definitely some those who are more on the feminine side of things. Um, but actually, it wasn't really until college that my one of my good friends who since passed away um, really kind of um, got me into Rue. And I think it was just that, like, she was, like, that Ruth. Like, she loved herself in RuPaul. Like, watched the old VH1 show. Like, for her, RuPaul was the light, the star, that North Star was everything to her. Um, and I think through her, I kind of fell in love with her, too. Like, I started reading her books, and I started, you know, reading, uh, like, watching documentaries and old videos of her in New York and different things like that. Um, and at that time, like when I was in school, this is like the early 2000s, she was, as she likes to call it, that was like her darker period where she had basically pulled away from public life. Uh, because basically by that point, like after her big success in like the 90s, she kind of, you know, she was, she had a talk show. She had, you know, the hit supermodel song. She was on the, um, she was doing, had her Mac campaign, all that. And then kind of after that, this was all like, I think Clinton years. And then kind of after that was going to the Bush years. And that for her felt like the time when she kind of went underground, um, because it just felt like a time, which for a lot of Americans was not the best time of, um, the kind our lives. Uh, so at that time she had kind of withdrawn from public life and, she just was someone who, not fully a recluse, but as she describes, was kind of taking time to work on herself, like going to therapy, because mama did a lot of drugs and things like that back in the day. Um, but yeah, I um, I think about how, you know, even during school, like I, you know, there were still things that you would you find her like cameo on certain things. Like we were even going to potentially try and get her to um, come to um, our college at the time. Um, by the way, she has two separate fees, one fee for when she's in drag. Um, and then a different fee for when she's just coming boy drag. Of course, the boy drag fee is a lot less. I bet those fees are now astronomical. I actually bet that you probably can't even pay her to come into drag anymore, uh, which kind of speaks to the way I've like evolved on her, where I just had this idea that for me, queerness and like, you know, when I started to kind of obviously I do looks and I kind of identify as gender nonconforming and androgynous. Um, and like to wear different types of clothes, both men and women's clothes, particularly love a pair of heels. Um, half of my closet, no, more than half of my closet is full of heels. I probably have more heels than male shoes. But for me, RuPaul was that kind of like something to roll my model myself after. Um, but the thing that's kind of as you, as I got to know her, um, or as you kind of get to know her is that for her, drag is a job. I don't think it was always that way. In some ways, if you read some of her early books, she was very much about being gender fluid and gender bending. And I feel like in some ways almost identified in the trans spectrum, which makes even some of her recent comments even more disappointing. Um, but kind of stopping there for a minute to continue like where I kind of, you know, have fallen in love with her and then moved to L.A., and was took different jobs and applied for different jobs. And while, when I moved to LA, it was around the same time that a little show called RuPaul's Drag Race started. So I had, you know, back then, that was the show. It was on Logo. So that was the show that, like, the queens were watching. <laughs> we weren't, <laughs> and maybe a couple straight women, but mostly it was queens who were the biggest fan base of Drag Race. And I was like, I've got to get on this show. So I literally just sent my resume um, to be like anything. I was like, I'm willing to do anything to be on the show because I got to meet Mama Ru. And I got on there and I worked on um, season four, which was, I think, like the kind of big season that kind of transitioned. Like they had more, they got more money <laughs> and they also um, 
they so up their production values and it kind of was they had you know bigger celebrity guests as a season like, like natalie cole was on and um like and a, a couple other um was Vanessa Williams on that season i don't remember um no she's on the season before but had bigger guests and up their production values and that was also like the point where they had like the big like that's for the season of like latrice royale sharon needles a lot of these girls who have been on to um become real mainstays of drag culture and rupaul's drag race um and i was just working the show as a production assistant but basically i would do everything production assistants by the way are the lowest realm of uh the entertainment industry uh oh any assistant is basically at the bottom but production assistant you are like they'll send you to go clean up trash to go watch a doorway like real basic basic things but my ass i would find ways to go back into the control room where the producers and stuff sit to go watch mama when she was on um when she was on set particularly my favorite days because the way drag race got filmed was one day was like a challenge day and the other day was the runway day and that was my favorite day because that's when mama is in her full drag and that's when she comes out and i still remember these moments when i got to see her because i didn't you don't work literally filming sometimes every day and as assistant you're not only working five days a week so i was so excited whenever i got to be on the runway day um or like the evaluations day, because then you got to see her do her runway walk. And she only did it once. Every once in a while, she'd do it again. Usually if they like, someone wasn't ready. And by the way, if you made her do it again, she wasn't happy about it. Because basically, as soon as she does that walk, that's it. She's done, well, sorry. She'll take pictures with the celebrity guests at the time. And then she's ready to go sit down. Like, that's it. This drag is painful. It's hurtful. Um, and she's ready to go change into her sweats. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people know about this now, that the bottom part of her outfits a lot of times are detachable. So she'll change into something else, go sit down, um, and get more comfortable. Mm. Um, but I think that's kind of when, you know, you start to see the cracks in that, like, that lady hates drag like for her it is a business and she is the most famous drag queen in the world to this day still will never not change she is an icon and all these things but i don't think she loves drag and i think for me like i love wearing heels i love playing with colors and i think to some extent she loves those aspects of it but she doesn't like getting into drag she doesn't like the work i don't think she even likes that she's always still kind of pushed into this box of just being a drag queen i think she i think that's why we see her so oftentimes in more male drag or why she doesn't often do drag like she'll say it she's like i don't do drag unless i'm getting paid like she feels like if you want to see me in drag go watch drag race like she she didn't see her in drag at the met gala like literally the the theme of the met gala was camp and she wore this awful suit i think i got it the idea of it but she didn't do drag for that. You want maybe she wasn't always like show. that. Maybe she was. She maybe, was not. She, she probably. Not. She probably loved it at one time and just got. You know, I think. I think people get tired of things after ten years. That's my. And, 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 and I think one that's the theories. thing that sometimes. Yeah, I'm curious about that theory because I think that's one of the things that like. There were when I read her book, she talked about how she would go home and drag with guys and have and how she didn't always like to take off her drag because she did kind of feel on the spectrum. And I think it was a thing that you know the thing we got to remember is Mama's what you know I see she in her sixties yet. Let me double check. But she's been doing she's been in the game for a minute. Yeah, and she has. I remember I, watching her in the nineties on. I remember watching so her music videos in the 90s. 50, so okay, so she's close to 60. But I remember watching, you know, Work, Work It Girl. I mean, I'm watching... Yeah, Supermodel. In Supermodel. And um, which one is Sashay? Shantae. Is that Work? I don't know what's Oh, that, yeah, that's that? still Supermodel. Yeah, yeah that's still oh, that's... Okay. So I remember mm-hmm. watching her music videos in the 90s. I remember she was on an episode of In the House, LL Cool J show mm-hmm. in the 90s. She's I on just, Sabrina and the Teenage Witch. <laughs> yeah, she used to do all these guest appearances on sitcoms and everything. She, you know, she had a big 90s A-Day, and I think 
probably even during her dark period, she might have made you know a mental transition where it wasn't the same experience for her anymore. I think you know? that I think that was it, and I think that uh, it's that thing of like I'm never gonna say like you know never meet your idols. <laughs> but, yeah, I, but I I do believe that too. I'm really big I, on that so it's not like that. Like so, I will not like for me. I think RuPaul was my idol for a long time, and I think when she made like. I don't, reg- I don't absolutely do not regret meeting her. I think it was an amazing, like, I still remember one of my favorite things was like one time I was just sitting at a desk and she walked by and like, she just complimented me. She's like, you have such a beautiful skin. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you do have some pretty spin- skin, girl. You got some pretty skin for real. You do. <laughs> girl, just Oila Olay. Just Oila Olay, you know, nighttime moisturizer. I mean, that's a secret. <laughs> a lot of old ladies told me oil of Olay is the secret. I've uh, heard that. I'm often yeah. in boy drag for a lot of than my time but creatively i still like to express myself more um to encode myself more feminine more womanly and i think you know that confidence and security some of that did come from her and come for the fact that like oh i can be my true self and be successful um but i also you know there's moments where you know mama is like you said she's 59 going almost 60 she is an old lady and she's also in some ways that old she's an old queen that's an old queen i mean she's not you know some of our new ways of thinking and whatnot she's probably yes not there she's probably not there that was a big thing with like she had that big trans controversy like i actually wrote an article about it back in the day about like she male um which they now changed to like she done already had her says but they used to call that segment she male like the girls the contestants would get she male and obviously she male um has is like a old porn term for trans performers which a lot of trans terms like that like she male and transsexual are getting phased out even in the porn world so i think it is an evolution but i think the way she <laughs> she kind of fought it in a way. I think that's the issue. It's like she fights it. She's very stuck in her ways about like definitions and things. Like the idea for her is like drag race is for gay men generally to dress up as women. Like she doesn't I get the idea of like I think she does get it, but she just does not think about wanting to express it. Like the idea of like women getting into drag or trans performers getting into drag. Which there are drag queens who are trans performers who are women in some ways, you could say Michelle on Drag Race is like a, a drag performer. Like the way she, like no woman looks like that with like lashes and big hair and like all of that look. But I think she, for her, she is very, she just, she has a very basic idea of like finite, this is what's going to work. Like very finite um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also of, just of isn't culture. imaginative in that way. And honestly, I think, you know, for her, and it goes back to the idea of her, you know, only getting drag when she's getting paid. Like this is a business. Like, so much of Drag Race now, I think, why people... Well, some people... I mean, obviously, Drag Race is at some points as big as it's been. Like, it just recently has, like, a Canada's Drag Race. There's, um, you know, there's a Thai Drag Race, a Drag Race Thailand. The one that, you know, our homebound Drag Race, she's just not willing to experiment. I think for her, she doesn't... She's... I think for her, you know, for her, the the core audience of drag is straight women. And that's why you're starting to see a shift in even who the guest judges are. Like, there used to be more queens as guest judges or more icons of, like, you know, gay nightlife or gay scenes. And you don't see that anymore. Like, Nicki Minaj was on. Well, Nicki Minaj is definitely, you could argue, is loved by the gays. She's got her own thing. But I think from the type of judges you see, from the ways in which, you know, DragCon, which is like the big RuPaul's Drag Race convention, is very much, you go there and you see a bunch of little white girls. And in some ways, it's like, that's so good. And that's so great to see that drag is being accepted by basically mainstream America. Um, But it's also something about 
that kind of assimilation is or just like a kind of loss of both the edginess or both a loss of that drag you know you're accepting but are you accepting like you know gay marriage are you accepting lgbt rights are you accepting all these things that the true politics are you accepting where that lgbt and queerness intersects with being of color like being black and queer and things like that that are so under assault by this current administration i think that's what's missing for me and that's why i kind of evolved. like i still love mama like she will always be an icon she will always be that queen like you can't take that away she's not fully evolved she's not yeah she's not a, she's not 20 uh, she's not 2020 evolved yeah yeah and i think um she's gonna be a timeless figure and she's still inspiring but i think at this time what i want I want capital P politics. I want capital B black. I want something more than like, I think it's easy to say Trump is bad, but I want you to say black lives matters. And mama's not going to say that. Like, I mean, so she's for a me, baby boomer girl at the end of the day. Like you look yeah. at her age, she's a boomer. Like, yeah, even as avant-garde and groundbreaking as she was, she's still a boomer. Like not to, dis- not to denigrate all boomers, but we know the T like b- boomers disappoint generally. Right. Like they disappoint. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, queens, like, you know, yeah, actually, like, in our teaser, that quote, like, you know, I just came to fight is from this queen who Mama um, RuPaul got in a fight with named the Vixens, the Chicago queen, like, who very much did this whole, like, you know, she did, like, this drag inspiration of Strange Fruit. Billy Porter, we talked about last episode, like, oh, Billy Porter. Uh, I just think there's so many other people right now. Shay Diamond, who's this beautiful, wonderful trans um, singer and musician and performer. I think that's who I'm kind of looking to a bit more to fill that need. And I'm also just realizing that she's not going to be who I want her to be. I think that was the biggest thing um, that kind of can come from meeting your idol. It's something you to realize that that's who they are. And it's kind of the thing about you didn't have to come to realize with about your parents. Like your parents are flawed and your parents are aren't perfect and i think that's the same thing can extend for your role models um and in some ways you know mama never actually really wanted to be a role model like with all this talk there was this recent fresh air episode where a lot of people were making jokes about the fact that like she kind of admitted that you know her and her husband on this ranch in wyoming where she's like oh i make a little bit of money off the land basically she's doing fracking oh girl <laughs> oh girl um, basically, um, Fresh Air with Terry Gross's NPR show, and she was interviewing Rue and asking about like her profound effect on people and things like how she affects people. And she's like, you know, I'm just a host of a television show. It's fun. We have a lot of fun, but it's not a big deal. Oh, it's not she's that, that type of girl. Big deal to me. Yeah. But if it's a big, but if it's a big deal to you, like right on, lady, go for it. Do your thing. Like she's always said that she's not a role model. I know even people like Rihanna have kind of said like, oh, I'm not a role model. But even Rihanna's like. I think Rihanna's still aware of the influence and effect she has. Yeah, on and she's still civically very much engaged. Like donates. I mean, to this she does that big. Make... That what's that diamond ball? Like a big charity thing that yeah. she does. I um, mean, she donated. She's donated millions to coronavirus. She's donated to. I mean, I think even in Detroit, Rihanna's donated to you know coronavirus efforts in Detroit here. So yeah, and I think that's where that's or in Barbados, her home, her home mm-hmm. country. She's donated ventilators. She's she's always civically engaged. I can't say the same thing about RuPaul. Honestly. No, and I think that's the distinction between her and Billy Port. Like, there's just she's not, she kind of abdicates that responsibility. Like, she doesn't want it. Like, it's almost too much for her. Kind of have to accept that. And she's not going to be someone who's going to love drag anymore. She's not going to be. She's appreciates it, but she's not going to love drag for herself. Um, and I think that's just kind of it is what it is. But you still you still remain connected to your problematic fave, whereas I've had to divorce mine, obviously. <sighs> And that's, yeah, that is a fundamental I, difference. Like, RuPaul is someone you still stand for, you still respect, you still love. I, you know. I still, but I think in some ways, like, you still love R. Kelly, do you not? 
I mean, I can't say I. No, love I'm not R. trying Kelly to shade anymore. you. But... No, I I can't say that. I mean, I definitely really? loved his music at one time, but yeah, I mean, he mm. is totally his yeah, values are that, the opposite of mine, yeah. and I can't support him or support that. So I definitely loved his music, like past tense. Loved his music in the past. So you didn't put it on just a little bit in the shower, like real low. I okay. I really try not to. Sometimes on like those those iTunes IMB or R and B mixes, they'll have him on there. Mm, but yeah. yeah, I really try not to support his music because I just I don't want to be supporting the sexual predator. Like I don't. You know, yeah, and I'm not trying to say like they're the same. Uh, RuPaul has definitely done some harm with her language to the trans community, but that's nothing like the harm R. Kelly has done to those little black girls. Yeah, not at all, not at all. So I mean, there's definitely levels of problematic, right? Yeah, just like there's sure. levels of, you know, there's levels of even sexual misconduct, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's definitely levels of problematic, and R. Kelly's definitely at some of the highest levels of problematic, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a great conversation. That was a great Enlightened Judy segment. I just, you know, you learn a little bit more about us and about the culture. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really, I'll be, it'll be interesting to see what direction your relationship goes in terms of you know, Miss RuPaul, like, how it evolves, how your thoughts and, and feelings about her evolve over time. So with that, I think that brings our Enlightened Judy's section to a close. We actually don't have any emails this week, but you can send us questions, comments, anything you have on your mind to ask them, A-S-K-T-H-E-M, at twosavequeens.com. You can also leave us voicemail at 323-438-2827. And Yes, we don't have a message there yet, but we're working on it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I think with that, that can take us into our thoughts and prayers. I yeah. think you have one for this week, Miss. I sure do. I sure do. I'm just thinking about, I have a number of female friends who um, have given birth in the last few weeks and months, uh, particularly in my hometown here of Detroit and also in New York City. You know, we both know a lot of New York City girls going to college in the east coast um and uh in both cities i have a number of friends who've given birth and i just want to give them um a huge prayer because many of them gave birth under really difficult and stressful conditions you know um some of those some of them had to go in the hospital during the middle of the covid epidemic when hospitals were overrun with covid patients um they had to enter through separate or back entrances sometimes the their partners weren't allowed to be with them at all parts of the labor and delivery and so um and so think about how incredibly stressful i think some one female friend of mine even went into labor a little bit early because of the stress of the covid crisis so i i just really want to want to give my prayers on behalf of fish who give life right like like moms (laughs) uh new moms who are who are bringing people new people into the world and i just want to be i want to thank them and then also pray for them you know especially as we continue into the pandemic that mm-hmm. things will get much easier for expectant moms for pregnant women to be able to deliver birth under much better conditions and that the hospitals you know that are not overrun with capacity as we go into the summer and then into the fall season where we'll also be dealing with the influenza epidemic along with um covid19 so um, yeah, I definitely wanted to give them pregnant woman both my salute and 
um, my thoughts and prayers because I just I know at least five women have given birth since March, since the COVID epidemic started. Um, I think two in Detroit, three in New York City, and I just I really admire them. Um, some of them even were in some cases they even released some of them within 24 hours. So yeah, because they're trying to push you know trying to push pregnant women out of the hospital to keep them from you know, getting COVID while being in these contaminated spaces. So, and I want to thank the healthcare workers who, you know, help deliver these babies and help bring life into the world, even in the middle of a pandemic um, too. And yeah, those, that's my thought and prayer for this week, Miss Malachi. Thank you for that. Amen, honey. Amen. Um, that was wonderful. Um, so I think that's our show. Thank you as always for spending a little time with us. Uh, we hope that you all continue to stay safe healthy and saved uh, find us uh, following thirst traps <laughs> on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at two saved queens please make sure to like, share, subscribe we're on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts and iTunes please make sure to rate us and review us there, we may just read your comment on the show and it'll help you know get us up there in, uh, among the big girls um so tell your friends, tell your family, tell that hoe you wave to from across the street. Just make sure to keep that six feet distance. Yeah, go go up to her with a mask on. Be like, hey, girl, did you listen to Say Queens? It's cute. <laughs> yeah. Shot it from the windows. Shot it from the rooftops. Just make sure you distance, girls. Just make sure you distance. With that, we will see you next week. Do you have a final word for the children, Miss Deverell? Yeah, I just want to tell the girls, you know, that the pandemic is not over, even though... People are getting tired of quarantine. Like, just Americans decided that, you know, I see the meme that Americans decided that uh, COVID is over and so now it's over, but really it's not over. Like, this is going to go through the summer and possibly the fall too. So, I just want you to continue to be safe and prepared and stay healthy and stay distanced um, even as we go into the summer. <laughs> this is not that hot boy summer. Hot boy summer. This is this is not that summer. That was last not summer. This one. Not and maybe next summer, but not this not this particular not this particular summer. Not 2020. Okay. Hot hot girl summer is not 2020. So just keep that in mind. All right. <laughs> Thanks.